2,000 years ago, the Roman Empire, the greatest empire the world has ever known, was shaken to its core by the worst natural disaster to strike the ancient world. In less than 24 hours, the city of Pompeii and at least 5,000 of its people were wiped from the face of the earth. This is Casual History. Jeffrey, welcome back to another episode of Casual History. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I've got my uh, my subject here. Uh, feeling pretty good about it. I watched a bunch of documentaries on it. There's a movie, isn't there? Uh, there is a movie. I didn't watch the movie, um, but I had seen clips from it, which yeah. was pretty epic. I wonder how accurate it, it, it probably is. not at all. They probably turned it. It's like Titanic. How they just turned it into something else. It's I'm a pretty, pretty sure dramatic story, from what I know. I just know the bullet points, right? Volcano yeah. erupts and people are, you know, of course covered in ash, but they're kind of mummified in that way. Yeah. But you um, see, you see, that's, that's what was intriguing to me was because when I looked it up, um, I didn't realize we literally have a firsthand account. We know exactly what happened in what hours, uh, written like full detail of a person witnessing it at the time. And they lived? Yes. That, that's the thing, yes. I didn't realize that people... Li- I, I Again, maybe I just don't know enough about it. I didn't know that people lived from that disaster. Okay, so there were some people that died, but the person that has the eyewitness was somebody who was across the bay from it. So he wasn't directly on the island itself. Oh. Um. But yeah, that's a, that's a, some of the story I'll get into. Some of his eyewitness... I, I can even have... I even have excerpts of his um, actual letters... Mm-hmm. That he wrote because he had to later regurgitate it to like other kings and other kingdoms to pass it down, tell them what happened. Yeah, in his account. So I actually have little like I have like a full letter of his mm-hmm. that I could read firsthand account of what happened. Awesome. Yeah, well, I, I saw some videos uh, or photos of modern day what it looked like, um, and from what I. Relatively, mm-hmm. no. You can still visit there, and it's oh, yeah. still like cover, like at least as excavation. I think is still, um, like kind of preserved it. Yes, there was uh It was the actual soot, the same thing that covered the people that you see, obviously in the mummified versions. Yeah. Um, that same volcanic like soot and uh, rocks basically completely covered the entire city at mm-hmm. one point. And um, it wasn't discovered till later when, like, someone was building an aqueduct in that area that they started digging it out and they started finding huge columns. And it was literally underneath. So they had to, like, dig down yeah, down to find a full city. Like, roads still there, Roman roads still there, mm. amphitheater still fully there, columns uh, half built, some buildings are half up. Yeah. Like, yeah, it just literally got encased. Does that interest you as much as it does me? Um, yeah, the ancient world of uh, amphitheaters. I want to do a specific that podcast because it's a universal thing. Through different cultures, amphitheaters uh, are like a universal um, almost structure of sorts. Like yeah, I, I've read a few different books. Right, I also watched a video. Um, I think it was the Aztec Empire, where there was a mm-hmm. YouTube video where a guy was going on a ex a excavation 
expedition, sorry, right, and was taking a tour, and I it was the first time I saw it, and they were like doing echoes and like uh, clapping off of it, and how the sound was taken. Um, it was basically it was built for you know sound to carry for performance. Yeah. Yes. So it anyway, I know you. This is not what we're talking about today, but no, that no, but that's a part of it. Me. Like that is uh, something that's very interesting. And when we did all these other podcasts, like when I did Petra, same thing. Like, it doesn't matter what time frame it is. I feel like amphitheaters are a staple now that you say that mm-hmm. in all these cities. Because um, I think that's just their entertainment. They didn't have movies. They I didn't wonder, have, though, what you know, they did there. Like, we can pre- presume that it's plays, you know, play. right? Like, yeah, at a certain point, I know we have a record of that. But back when it gets to the ancient, ancient world where we have no records of... You mean U2 wasn't playing? Right. <laughs> Yeah, they didn't do a world tour. They didn't do a world tour. (laughs) They weren't just put on your phone for you automatically. Oh, God. Yeah, I remember that. (laughs) Holy smokes. I can't believe that happened. Yeah. (laughs) I still forget. So, um, anyway, you were talking about the city of Pompeii. Yes, the city of Pompeii. So, uh, Initial question. Yeah. Did they know that it was... Is there records of the people knowing that they were on a volcano when they were building the city this is all a part of my research jeffrey i have this in the story okay good so Perfect. all your questions are going to be answered so far well go you've for answered, the story. You've, you picked the right questions which is yeah. the first win yeah. you know what i mean you've picked all the right questions um but their killer was the mountain uh mount vesuvius right? Vesuvius, like with the v vesuvius yes vesuvius. Okay. uh and how it destroyed them and why so many died was a for a long time a mystery um Today's Pompeii lies in ruins, but amid the crumbling walls and fainted paintings, uh, tantalizing clues have been unearthed. Um, casts of victims buried in ash preserve their dying moments. Precious- I saw, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I saw, there's a famous photo from this um, place where it's two people holding hands yeah. in the cradle position um, that they excavated. Um, it was a viral photo, of course, but I saw it. They actually have was, some uh, theories to, for some of the people, because um, how where did they, they were in society, and like because obviously Romans also had slaves, and there were like bodies found together, but in sep- like separate little like sections. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. I wonder if like I'm just imagining myself in this scenario. Do, yeah, for, should we do you have an explanation of well, I guess you do in this story of what actually happened? Because I'm trying to picture yes. myself. I have an overview in my mind mm-hmm. of what happened. Because it's not just like volcano goes boom, everybody dies. Exactly. So it's not that same. And they couldn't really get off the island, from my understanding, or they there wasn't really enough. Ships, I don't know. They were, we'll they were surrounded it. by water. Yes. Right. So a lot of people. On most sides. Yeah. Three fourths. When a volcano is erupting, you know, there's stuff falling from the sky. There's like, you know, stuff coming down the, the mountain. But that's I'm some sure. of the interesting parts that I have to read because um, my first thought was that too. Like the, the first part of my mind was so like, just okay, wait for it to happen. You um, know? Why would you build a city underneath a volcano? Like, these are your first questions, right? These are my first questions. Like, why, if you're the Roman Empire, would you go, see, under this dangerous volcanic mountain, this is where we're going to build our city. Well, did they know about Did they no. know? Maybe they didn't. They, they obviously didn't. didn't. Yeah. Mount Vesuvius had not erupted for 1,500 years. So... Even in their history, they didn't have yeah, a history. They had it. no... They didn't... Uh, apparently, there is no Latin word for volcano. That's literally, they have no idea what it is. Yeah. So whenever it starts erupting and smoke's coming out, they stand in wonder. 
Yeah. Like there's there's not like fear. There's not like it's just like, oh, what is this? Yeah. Like I have no idea what this is. They that's, thought it was a mountain. That's really interesting to me too, just to mm-hmm. piggyback off of that, because where and now I'm gonna have to go back through, you know, the Roman Empire stretched and pulled at different, it's in Italy. At different points in time. Yeah, but I'm I'm I wanna go back through like on a map and mm-hmm. go through and see where if there's any volcanoes, well, and I was thinking about this with tornadoes as well. I know this ooh, is a funny thing, yeah. But I maybe other people do. Maybe this is just complete ignorance. I don't remember or know of anybody in like Europe ever talking to me or ever seeing uh, discussions about tornadoes. You hear like you don't hear like in Asia like of a an F three tornado right, wrecking I, somewhere. Like, but see, like I don't know. I have no idea. Exactly. Either. So maybe it's complete ignorance. Is that an American phenomenon? I doubt that it is. Western phenomenon. That's so, just because right. we're sure. The, yes, you know, you're America. right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the right classification. Yeah, yeah. You're correct. Um but th- it was just an interesting uh thought I had, but it kind of carries on to the like if you if you don't know what it is and it suddenly happens, like imagine I'm yeah. the Roman Empire and I've never experienced a tornado and then all of a sudden you see this thing through a storm happening, right? And in, in, in a right. place that it doesn't normally happen would probably be devastating, obviously, like this. Yeah, and it also makes you lose happen. precious time. Yeah. Because um, as humans, you don't never you never know how you react to stuff that's brand new. You know, sometimes it's weird enough and eerie enough that it makes you scared and you do things, you know, like to protect yourself. And sometimes it's more just an awe. Like you're just watching this thing and you're like, huh, that is weird. Yeah. Why is it doing this? Why is it smoking? And uh, some, ex- but some volcanoes I've seen have explosions. Like oh, they yeah. blow the top off, like, and it's a big mm-hmm. thing. So if anything's going to induce fear, that would probably induce some fear well, off the bat. <laughs> it did. It did. Okay. And it was one of those. Yeah. Okay. So it um, was. Yes. But still, people stood in wonder of like, After the shake, what the heck what, is this? What just happened? Is mm-hmm. the ground swallowing yes. us whole? Uh, yeah. But obviously, uh, precious objects and intimate details of their lives uh, were found with bodies, and the writings of a young man who watched it happen exposed the full horror of what killed them. From this evidence, we can reconstruct the intertwining of lives of some of the people of Pompeii and tell the chilling and startling story of their last day. So Pompeii lies in a valley beneath Mount Vesuvius, but the volcano has been quite quiet, right? right? As I said, 1,500 years, it's been Up dead. to this nothing. point in that time. Yeah, yeah. no tremors, nothing. Um, the people don't even know it's a volcano. Tremors have been growing, and the people have become accustomed to it. Pompeii is actually a vacation destination for the rich at the time, and was rich in farming due to a long time ago uh, the volcano actually exploding. You know, the soot making uh, mixing with the ground, making it more fertile. Yeah. So it's actually like a really great place. It became a like off the coast. Like you go, rich people go for vacation. They did that back then. See, yeah, I, 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 I have to kick myself and poke <laughs> myself to realize that, that that's always happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> People with the means have always gone to better places if they could. I know, I know. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, yeah, so okay, so the the day we're talking about is the twenty fourth of August, seventy nine A.D. seventy nine, and it starts like any other day. Wait, we just talked about Marcus Aurelius. Mm-hmm. He was he was off of that. 79 AD. We talked about he came into power 89-ish AD. Mm. If I'm not if I if I'm remembering correctly, Ten so years interesting. After. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just his his uh king I then I know who would be the emperor. It was uh Herodotus would have been the emperor at the time. Yes. Um interesting. Yeah, but uh so it started out like any other day. 
and at 1 p.m., much to the dismay of the people, Mount Vesuvius roars to life. Um, the supercharged gases and lava have been trapped for so long that it rose into the air as a dense foam. This foam is ejected at supersonic speed into the atmosphere. Right. Um, the Roman people had no idea what they were seeing. In fact, there was no word in Latin for volcano because they didn't understand what the huge column of smoke was. They just most decided to stay because they didn't, they didn't understand it was to be feared or that it was going to cause them. After it exploded, they yes. didn't know that it was going to be no. lava they flowing. Were, right. They didn't know that it was going to affect them. Yeah. They saw smoke. They were like, that's weird. I don't know what's happening over there, but that's crazy. Mm-hmm. They went about their day. Um, huh. Yeah. I wonder what I would do. I know. If I didn't, if you're ignorant to something completely and something happens and you're in your space of, well, I live here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. So that, that's, it's always so interesting, especially in those crucial moments. But uh, the smoke was so huge that it could be seen across the bay in Senna, home to one of the few people who might understand what's going on. Uh, Pili the Elder was in command of the Roman Navy but was really interested in science. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was shown the deadly cloud, he was fascinated. So he could see it from his house yeah. across the bay. Um, as the column of smoke rose into the air, unusual, usually a wind would have blown it over the bay, right? Like all the soot and all the smoke would have blown over the bay into the ocean. Yeah. But not on this day. The wind blew the ash right over the city of Pompeii, turning the day sky into a hellish night. Mm-hmm. Although they don't know it, the people's decisions in this moment ultimately sealed their fate. So can, you can imagine uh, something weird happening that like you don't even understand, then literally daytime going straight to night. Yeah. Uh, like nothing's, nothing's changed besides there's no light anymore. <laughs> yeah. And you can't see anywhere, <laughs> which is scary to think about. Um, yeah, so as scalding ash rises into the atmosphere, it mixes with air solidifies and falls back down to the earth. This is one of the most dangerous parts of this is what I read mm-hmm. um, of this actually, because what that means is all that soot basically turned into a very light, like rock, mm-hmm. um, which fell from the sky. So rocks literally fell rain from the sky. Yeah. Um, bringing danger to people underneath, of course. Um, it takes about half an hour for the fallout to reach Pompeii. Uh, cooled but still full of air, the magma has formed uh, pumice stones, I believe it's called. Okay. Uh, but mixed in with the pumice is something much more deadly. Cold, dense rocks that have been torn from the inside of the volcano drop with it. So there are lots of records of when they found bodies, um, head injuries. Um, yeah. Literally just getting caught outside, randomly well, hit on the head with these rocks. Yeah, if it exploded too, I'm I'm imagining in my head because I think the best record I've ever seen of a volcano explode like that was from Mount St. Helens. Yeah, yeah, and like the way that it it explodes and then all these kind of rocks fall f- away from it and f- th- like with it. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. But um, also imagine that t- that gives you a little clue into how powerful uh, volcanoes are in general, because how weird are you're they? talking about rocks <laughs> hard enough. To literally kill you, dropping from the sky, landing 30 minutes after they're shot up. So you can imagine how high and how fast that explosion was for it to be in the air for 30 minutes, those rocks that were torn from the inside from the explosion. Yeah. So that that tells you so much about the power of this thing. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so thousands take to the streets and flee. Duh. Like, yeah, run. Uh, This is the time for decisive action. Slaves are expected to protect their masters' lives and property. But as fear and panic spread, slaves flee knowing that if they are caught, they could be put to death. Mm -hmm. But obviously they take their chances. Um, A lot of them do. Yeah. Um, So by mid-afternoon... Vesuvius has already thrown over 100 million pumice and ash on Pompeii. As it collects, another threat grows. Um, I'm new- assuming you're breathing it in. It's bad, too. Yes. yeah, Yes, but also um, part of the deadly nature of this is how many rocks were falling also were stacking up on houses, creating weight, um, okay. building up around the streets, falling into water, watering holes, things. Um, but I think the main thing was structures falling. Yeah. Cause these, these buildings were literally only meant for rain, heavy rains. That's like the most they were meant to withstand. Huh? So now you have literally like pounds and pounds of rocks piling up on top of these roofs that people are obviously inside cause they yeah. think they're safer inside. Yeah. You know, when all this stuff is happening, but leads to a danger of it literally collapsing on them. Right. Um, yeah, so news of this disaster is carried by messages to Admiral uh, Penley, I think is his name. Okay. Uh, the letter is a desperate plea for help from one of his friends that is stranded on the foot of the volcano. Uh, his only hope of escape is by the sea. So the same scientist, Navy person that was across the, the bay yeah. received a message. Someone ran, like someone sent a messenger all the way to him. Asking desperately for him to come help. Well, if the messenger got there, why didn't he go with them? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, not everybody can get out. Um, they had to get on a boat, I'm assuming. Yeah. If it was, okay, just quick scenario yeah. here. If you're seeing it coming towards you, would you not, my immediate me, problem solve this, what would I do? Um, <laughs> I would think my last resort would be to swim out in the middle of the ocean. Well, see, that's the thing. Um, and take my chances, grab right. a piece of wood that floats and kick and try but to get out there. But you getting to that point is what's interesting. Yeah. Because, again, okay. I know the scenario, game, so it's easy to say that's sure, what I do. Sure, exactly. But you're talking about, like, the sky's gone dark, right? Eerie. Scary. Rocks are falling. Most of them are soft. <laughs> but you'd think Some it's dangerous. an omen. I would think it's, if, if, I would assume it's an omen But what of makes you think death. you're safe in the sea, then? If you think... If you think the gods are trying to kill you, then what makes you think swimming out into the sea is going to save your life? All I'm saying is if if things are collapsing, buildings are collapsing, soot is like gathering up, and there's rocks falling down, and yeah. then lava starts coming down. Is does there lava come? Down? Is that even a thing? That it happens? hasn't happened yet. Okay, this is thirty minutes in. Thirty minutes in. When in. that that was that is when my decision would be made. <laughs> if if I was stranded, that and might had be no too late, way, Jeffrey. I think it's too late. Maybe it is, but that would be my. If I see lava starting right. to come down the mountain, I'm going. Okay, I'm gonna take my chances in the sea. Maybe I can swim uh, out and um, right. float for a bit. <laughs> but if you don't know what this thing is, there's no history of it, right? These things looks dangerous. But how is it any different than a storm that you're trying to ride out in your home? Like, yeah, there, it's rocks instead of rain. But, like, maybe you think if you stay inside, you know, huddle up, pray, like, yeah. do what you need to do that you can ride this out. You That would be where my mindset would be in that moment. Like, yeah, it's terrifying outside, but it could be something that rolls over. You don't know it's a volcano. You don't know what's happening right. <laughs> underneath the earth. Yeah. You have no extra clues about that. So I think that's 
that getting to that point would be difficult at this stage. Yeah, 30 minutes in especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so rocks continue to fall, collecting on roofs, uh, giving way to a new danger, collapse. Every building in Pompeii is under the same threat. They are only built to withstand rain. It is not a question of when they will collapse or how they will collapse, but when. Right. Um, from survival records, we know that Admiral uh, Pliny's rescue min- mission was underway around 5 p.m., so from one, it erupting to five. Uh, with the wind behind him, he couldn't turn back as they were swallowed in darkness as they approached the island. Yeah. Um, so just driving into blackness, like yeah. terrifying. Smoke. And, um, soot and-, and so having no other option, they decided to head for a small island on the coast, uh, still off the coast of it, but they couldn't turn around because of the winds and stuff. Um and I, I have it also later what the name of the island is. It'll yeah. come back into play. But uh, seven hours into the eruption, the city streets are f- all but deserted. As the rocks continue to fall, they block doorways, trapping people inside. The rocks also suck moisture out of the air, so making you dry to the mouth. Right. And also, you have to imagine these rocks and soot and dirt have been collecting in any wa- open water in the city in general. Yeah. So already looking terrible. Um, Time and options are quickly running out and not just for Pompeii. Uh, Pliny is trapped at Sat. I think it's Sabi is the name of the actual Island. A side Island. It's not Pompeii. Yes. He was on his way to Pompeii, had to pull over, make a pit stop because he couldn't probably make it. Yeah. He couldn't make it to the shore. Yeah. And uh, he found shelter with a friend there on the Island. Um, what happened then was so bizarre that when Pliny's son described it, no one believed him. Uh, now heavier with dense rock, part of the column collapsed and cascaded down the mountain in a great wave. Superheated ash and molten rock churned down the volcano in a burning avalanche. Five times hotter than boiling water, this cloud of ash and gas incinerated everything and everyone in its path. It hit hit the beachside in the city of Heculum, which is on the other side of the mountain, uh, where lots of people were waiting on the beach to be rescued. Wow. So, yes. um, So, an avalanche happened. (laughs) Yeah, it's basically a super hot avalanche because part of the volcano collapsed on one side. Um, Yeah, so the searing heat is so intense, death is instantaneous. The people on the beach don't just burn, they turn to charcoal. Instead... Uh, inside bo- boathouses, people died from a different thing altogether along that same beach. Uh, thermal shock. And as the cloud hit them, they were vaporized. This is literally word for word of what happened. They have, they have found 300 bodies that were found in boathouses. Um, How? Okay, so uh, it was different because they were covered. But I believe that air still reached them just later. But apparently, again, the air was so hot and thick. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to imagine what. So that vaporizes a person. Well, I, all the tissue yeah. on the person, so only leaving you with the skeleton instantaneously. Yes, we're talking about five times hotter than boiling water. Um, air instantly like hitting you. Like there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pretty devastating. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so weird. Okay. Not a nice death for these people. Um hopefully quick. Yeah, I mean hopefully. 
Uh, it says instantaneous. I can't imagine it you surviving. Doesn't sound instantaneous, so that's why I'm. Mm. Um, well, the people of Pompeii have it worse. I'll tell you that. Well, right I'm now. just saying I'm not a scientist, but that doesn't sound instantaneous. But so it, it sounds painful. But, well, it's like getting hit with a shock wave, right? Like if you imagine getting hit with a a sound yeah. wave, you're hit with a wall. Yeah. Once you hit that wall, nothing. Yeah. Like that's what we're talking about instantaneous. Like, oh, true. As I, soon as you're hit with that. How how hot that wall of smoke and ash is together, and that's all like all that pressure, it hits you like a wall. Was, and you're done. Was it Pompeii that? So I did I did read another thing. It's just now coming back to my mind. Okay, where they found a group of people that, um, again were like in mid action of doing something, and they all died. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but they think part of the reason they died was from a shock that kind of that um burst their um blood vessels mm. and it was an instantaneous death as well was that pompeii or am i thinking of I a different i think you're talking about we did have horrible. a podcast about um of something similar with submarines is that what you're thinking of yes, yes. okay yes 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 i'm thinking but, but yeah it happened in but there, that same situation happened in another um horrific death incident i don't remember what it is but it was a documentary i watched anyway but it wasn't pompeii you're right this is connecting now anyway but imagine yeah but like that's how you have to imagine it like a wall a wall of like super boiling water Mm -hmm. smoke ash it's like a liquid almost that just hits you like a wall Mm -hmm. yeah like it's pretty much instantaneous like there's no way your body's like surviving through that for even a small bit of time yeah um, so yeah, pretty instantaneous. Okay. Um, so the 300 skeletons of the people found in the boathouses, um, yeah, they were, they were different, but they were just straight bones because of their shelter. Something changed like, uh, something was, with therm. you said thermal. Um, yes, they were hit with thermal shock as the cloud hit them. So that's a different kind of, so death. I think they okay. were hit with the thermal shock, which killed them. And then the cloud hit them afterwards, and it vaporized anything on on their bones. Right. Okay. So all the soft flesh, all gone. Noted. Um, but in Pompeii, the worst is yet to come, <laughs> which is terrible. Um, and every household around the Bay of Naples is now in danger. There was another earthquake signaling another deadly change in the eruption. Um, at the heart of the volcano... The magma chamber has collapsed, the entire magma chamber. It triggers another pyroclastic surge, which is the avalanche mm-hmm. that we just talked about. This time, it heads straight towards Pompeii. Miraculously, the avalanche loses steam right before it hits the northern wall of the city. Uh, sparing the city, but a cloud of toxic gas carried by the surge sweeps over it. Carbon dioxide, suffocating, and deadly. Yeah. Yeah, so they they had to contend with all of the elements, <laughs> like falling rocks, gases that could literally choke you. Um, you know what I mean? If you get caught in that hot air, you're dead. Yeah, it's like a poisonous gas. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, th- there's like, this is such a deadly situation. But what really shocked me was the time. Um, there's quite a bit of time. Yeah. When you think about it, it, it happening at one and uh, like this is seven hours later. This stuff is happening. Yeah. Obviously, it's really bad and you could still die before then. But it's it's kind of crazy to me when I thought of It's one Pompeii, after another of, of, of uh, issues that will kill you in one way or another. Right. And so yeah. when I thought of Pompeii, I thought it was 
all pretty much instantaneous for the entire city. Yeah. Um, just in my brain when I hear the story. So that I thought Feels that was pretty open, closed case that you think it just, yeah. Right. So lava does come though. So again, my, maybe my, my mindset was different. I thought it was lava was flowing down and eventually burns things, breaks things down and then soot lays over and, you know, mm-hmm. mummifies everything. So no. that really wasn't the case of cause of death. No. It wasn't actual magma. Happening. There were lots of different causes of death. Yeah. Um, there's yeah. a different classification of um, for magma and lava, right? I think that's a science yes. thing I should know, but I but I think that's just I'm literally like <laughs> magma and lava. It just depends on if it's out in the air or if it's underground. I think okay. that's the only different classification. Hey, I'm glad you knew that. I didn't. That's something I, <laughs> I don't know which one's which, but okay. I definitely know that that's the classification for it. Okay, uh, <laughs> I think lava's underneath the ground, right? Speaking of things we don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know what this ad is about to happen. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, we have an ad? Heck, yeah. Let's go over to ad we, space We then. might have an ad here. We're hitting about the midway mark, so All I right. thought we could stop. Um, just pre... Well, no, we'll do it after. Thank you guys for listening so far. We're going to take an ad break, and we'll be back. Yeah, let's do it. Thanks for listening to that ad. If there was an ad during that break, um, we try to put one there. <laughs> for our future we're right. sowing our um, sowing our oats there that's the line mm-hmm. that's right you gotta you gotta sow and hope for rain hope for rain and so we're hoping that as our small community keeps growing which by the way it's been growing it's been it's been doing great and i appreciate we fair warning folks we have a whole rebrand and stuff that we're putting in behind the scenes that's going to be we're working on yeah um and for different kinds of content and um just kind of sprucing it up a bit. And, yeah, you just got to spruce uh, up everything, you know? You Every know, now and then do some house cleaning. Maybe put on a suit or two. <laughs> put a tuxedo t-shirt we're because casual. we're casual. That's right, tuxedo t-shirt. <laughs> um, just to kind of dress it up real nice. If we don't have a casual history tuxedo t-shirt on our uh, store one day, then I would be upset. True. That's going to be a good idea. Um, but I, I mentioned that all to say... Keep an eye out on our uh, social pages because uh, there's going to be exclusive content, stuff that we're not talking about on mm-hmm. podcasts like Forum, so not 5-Minute History or the Deep Dives. We're doing even more than that. Yeah, <laughs> we're we going, are. We're trying to provide a lot of just information dumps, mm-hmm. um, and so there's a lot of cool things we're working on. But for those who want to keep an eye out, it's Casual X History. Um, we couldn't grab the damn at sign. Um, <laughs> we will, man. For, we'll get there. Yeah, maybe we'll be able to buy it one day. One um, of our fans will buy it for us and <laughs> give it to us. We're fine. <laughs> but um, for everyone listening, yeah, check us out there. We do try to provide other um, photos of when we post a podcast. That's but right. really, it's all gearing up and ramping up for the new stuff that's happening. Yeah, um, which I'm very excited about, by the way. Yeah, me too. Um, we finally kind of nailed down what it's going to look like and what that is. I'm so ominous. I, I don't know why <laughs> I I'm know, speaking it sounds like very this. vague. I don't, I don't, well, I just don't want to give anything away until people see it because it's going to be its own thing. Yeah. Um, and we're kind of re-upping everything. Anyway, if you've made it this far, you know what we're talking about today. Um, the city of Pompeii and yeah. Jacob's leading us through it um, step by step. Right. Eruption by eruption, death point by death point, um, because it doesn't happen. At least it didn't happen from in my mind as he's explaining it did. Um, so yeah, I'll let you take it from here. Well, there were I watched many documentaries on this, and like um, 
people finding uh, discovering certain bodies in here. I'm gonna tell you about the actual people of Pompeii themselves because there's a reason why it's so famous too. Is that there are bodies like in cast, right? Yeah, uh, completely encased by the ash, like almost in their final moments, which is what's so fascinating. Like I understand it. A That's lot of people would have had to been prepared that it was happening. Imagine, so like I said, I'm going to touch back on the same thing I mentioned a couple minutes ago. The picture I remember seeing of the two people holding hands laying down, right? Mm-hmm. And they were covered in ash. They knew it was happening, right? And they decided to lay down and just wait for it to happen. Can you imagine that? Like that, obviously, right? Or maybe that I'm imagining, picturing that scenario wrong. But if, mm-hmm. if they're... Form, they're holding hands. I'm sure that was some other. people for sure. Yeah. Um, this is also, uh, I forget to mention that right after, like that, I told you about the gas coming in from another one. For the, yeah, for the, so that not after the thermal eruption on the other side of the mountain. Right. That the, destroyed the other city. The other wave that comes down and hits the wall and then. Yeah. Right. It actually stops at the wall. But releases a gas that's deadly. Right. Yeah. It's just releasing what's ever left and churning it out over the city wall. Yeah. Uh, which is basically suffocating and killing people that are breathing it in. Um, so, again, for the, for the city of Pompeii, those people, they did not have quick deaths. Um, and here is the reason why they're even the way they are and, like, kept anyways. Uh, for the people of Pompeii... Uh, this is how their death kind of went. Their first breath inhaled hot air from the wave. Um, hot air and ash, causing the lungs to fill with fluid. And then the second breath would mix the ash with the fluid, making a wet cement in the lungs. Um, so basically, it encased them from the inside, suffocating them, killing them that way. Wow. And then, and then you're talking about being encased by ash because their bodies are there. So th- I believe that's why we get the people the way they do. And there's lots of photos and striking moments of like, yeah, like uh, they found a warehouse where there are two separate groups of people of like 10 people each on a- other sides of it. And also a very interesting thing to note was people literally took their valuables. Like um, when they finally decided like, okay, we're getting out of here. We're done. Um, uh, many of the rich and the people that were that owned people actually sorry about that it's okay <laughs> just going off um actually brought their stuff with them trying to save it their their most valuable things yeah it's like your house is on fire what do you do you grab the most valuable things you can and you run so that's what they're doing yes and that's why we found um there's a snake bracelet if you look it up i wish i had the picture so i could look it up and show we you we can post it uh, with yeah, this podcast for sure there is a like a snake bracelet that they believe is from a um, one of the slaves that had it, but died with it on her hand, um, necklaces, coins, uh, you name it. Like these people had it, but they found a actual warehouse of two separate people. And the reason why they were two separate was one side was slaves and the other side was like immensely wealthy. And they actually found a box of coins with one lady that you're talking about, uh, just showed like, I don't even know the, the right calculations into what it'd be today but like a small fortune just yeah. carrying it with her mm. uh trying to escape and they decided to hold down in this building and obviously they didn't make it yeah um but there are lots of crazy artifacts taken from that and there's lots of stories just like you did like uh you're saying like people holding hands um 
to see those moments case like that make it more intriguing because you can kind of understand what's happening in those moments because those are the final moments, mm-hmm. um, which you don't get that with a lot of terrible things like this. Like it's a, a weird insight mm-hmm. into what happened at that exact moment on that exact day. A two breath death. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. So yeah. Right. So just breathing, which you have to do. Like yeah. there's, so there's no way out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was pretty instantaneous. Um, but not instantaneous, but yes. A little bit of a slower burn, but definitely um, a slower burn than the people of the other beach got. Inevitable. I think is the yes. word you're looking for. Inevitable. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, after 18 hours, uh, Pele, the guy who was sent to rescue, Pele? lands on the beach. Yeah. Okay. Uh, at the bottom section of the volcano, uh, the bottom section of the volcano collapses entirely after that. So as soon as he arrives? Yeah, as soon mean? as he arrives, the entire bottom part of the volcano collapses. And falls down like uh, an avalanche. Courageous, stubborn, or foolhardy, he makes no attempt to save his own life. Um, those who survive report that he fell where he stood dead. Um, that's the only thing we have records of uh, him after that. So he docked. Yes. So, and the av- avalanche fell and he got hit. Something happened. He died instantly or. Yeah. Whether it was gas or they don't run. know for sure. Yeah. But he didn't decide to run. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no I one I wonder really if he knows. had a chance to. Yeah. And so for 1500 years, this city lay buried and forgotten. But in 1594, it was rediscovered by chance when an aqueduct was being built. So that's how they even found On the, city. the island? Yes. Huh. Yeah. They didn't know it was there. They didn't so know the how does that go unheard of to where people come back to the island with... Pretty sure it was abandoned for a long time after this. But wouldn't there be a story? You know, like... Sure. Wouldn't there... Normally with a thing so, like, catastrophic, you kind of... I would imagine it would be written about or told to other people and then, you know, kind of became common knowledge of, hey, this happened here, don't go back there. So it interests me that there's... Um, that's even how it was discovered. Right. Huh. But yeah, so that is the basic city, uh, sorry, the story of Pompeii, uh, in its entirety. Yeah. Which I, yeah. You said there were records though? Was, is that, was this whole accounting a record of? Yes. So the uncle that died on the island, right, who was a scientist, a Navy, uh, Roman, uh, general, whatever, his son was actually at the house at the time when they showed the dad the smoke and was like, hey, what's going on out there? And the dad wanted to go out on a boat to get a better look. As a scientist, he wanted to see if he could get a better angle. Yeah. That was happened. He invited his son to come along with him, and he said no. He'd rather work on his studies, which he was already working on at his home. Well, he was scared. <laughs> or he was scared. Naturally. Uh, but he didn't go with him. Yeah. And so the account is through him, mainly, and I think he wrote around like 240, like eight letters um, on like giving actual accounts. Did he, did he visit or did he, I'm assuming he, maybe he interviewed people that came. I think so. Or escaped. I think he was just around there. His, his uncle died from it. Um, if obvi- that's the closest bay that you're ta- that we discussed, yes. then I'm assuming you're right. If people did, the people who did initially go, yep, I'm out. Yeah. Initially and had the, made the choice to. That's Might probably have had a, where they went. Right. Yeah. Would be to the next 
closest uh, safe area. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So th- and then he probably. I'm I'm saying this probably because I don't know, but he took records. I'm assuming of those people, and that's how he put together his. Yes, including like uh, the people around him were were close. There's actually, let me see, what was it? Um, yeah, I think he wrote a letter to his mom about it. Um, that is still around. That was found. Yeah. Um, he also wrote to his friend Cornelius Tacticus, describing the happenings uh, on that day. That's what I mean. How did this not become a big known world? Maybe I'm sure it did, but sure it, it did got lost time. in time. Things yeah. get lost in time. Uh, but at the time, he was 18 years old, leave, living in his uncle's villa on the town of Misnium. So he was kind of rich. Yeah. <laughs> 18 yes. year old studying abroad with his uncle. That's right. So it, basically, we pick up his story as he describes the warning raised by his mother. Um, it says, My uncle was stationed at Mesnium on active command on the fleet on the 24th of August. And in the early afternoon, my mother drew his attention to a cloud of unusual size and appearance. He had been out in the sun, had taken a cold bath, and was uh, laying down when he saw it. Sunbathing. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Got it. <laughs> he called for his shoes and climbed up to the palace, which gave him the best view of the phenomenon. It was not clear at the distance from which the mountain, the cloud was rising. It was afterwards known to be Vesuvius. Um, its general appearance can be best expressed like an umbrella pine, for it rose to a great height on a sort of trunk and then split off into branches. So a mushroom cloud. I imagine it was a thrust upwards by a, a first blast, and then left unsupported by the pressure, subsided, or else it was borne down by its own weight so that not to spread out and gradually disperse. So he's thinking of it as a scientist. He's yeah. viewing it. As the first time seeing this, not understanding the science behind, yes, basically a mushroom cloud. Um, Interesting. Uh, My uncle's scholarly acumen saw at once that it was important enough for a closer inspection. He ordered a boat to be made ready, telling me that I could come with him if he wished. I replied that I preferred to go on with my studies, and as it happened, he had given, given me some writing to do. As he was leaving the house, he was handed a message uh, from the wife of Tascus, whose house was at the foot of the mountain, so that escape was impossible except by boat. She was terrified by the danger threatening her and implored him to rescue her from her fate. He changed his plans, and what had begun as, begun as a spirit of inquiry, he completed as a hero. Um, he gave orders for the warships to be launched and went on board himself to, with the intention of bringing home many, many more people besides her. Uh, for this lovely stretch of coast was thickly populated. Uh, yeah, so there's like a full account here. Yeah, like, as you can tell, like firsthand from him, what his father was doing. But he came back victorious, is what it sounds like. Well, he hurried to the place. Yeah, you can skim through if you need to. Yeah. But, I mean, we we're not short on time. <laughs> I think I think this is his uncle, the one yeah. that died on the foot of the mountain. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know how many people they rescued beforehand. Yeah. Or not, uh, I just know that for sure that he did die on the mountain. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm skipping through now. Interesting. But, like, yeah, examining it as a scientist would. Like, as you would if you didn't understand what a volcano was. I Yeah, I didn't do well in this subject yeah. area. <laughs> okay, so he said, from another letter he writes, You could hear the shrieks of women, the wailing of infants, and the shouting of men. Some were calling for their parents other their children and their wives 
trying to recognize them by their voices because they couldn't see. Um, people bewailed their own fate of that or their, their relatives, and that some who had played for their death in their terror of dying. Many besought the aid of the gods, but some still imagined that there were no gods left and that the universe was plunged into eternal darkness forevermore. So people thought this was the end of the world. I mean, you would too if you were in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, what they say? Uh, there were people too who added to the real perils by inventing fictitious dangers. Some reported that part of Mesnium had collapsed or another part was on fire, and though their tales were false, they found others to believe them. A gleam of light returned, but as we took this to be a warning of the approaching flames rather than daylight. However, the flames remained some distance off, then darkness came in once again, and ashes began to fall again, this time in heavy showers. We rose from time to time and shook them off, otherwise we would have been buried or crushed beneath their weight. I could boast that I did not groan or cry. A, a cry of fear escaped me in these perils, but I do admit that I derived some poor consolation of my moral lot from the belief that the whole world was dying with me and I with it. Mm. So yeah, talk about a mindset. Um, the whole world going dark. I can only Is imagine. Is there a link to that account? Yeah. Cause I think what would be really yeah, interesting and useful would be to provide that for people who want to um, go through it. Read firsthand accounts. Yeah. Yeah. But like put yourself in the mindset like this was, this was completely devastating. Yeah. Um, as you can imagine, a city right underneath a volcano would be. And it was rediscovered in 1509, you said? That's interesting. Or 15, 1500s, um, after someone was uh, creating an aqueduct is when they Yeah, 1594. 1594? Yep. Wow. First time it was rediscovered, but there's like full cobblestone streets. Yeah. Um, full parts of the city almost re- remain intact mainly because of it being like encapsulated in ash, just like these people did. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing happened to the city itself. Mm-hmm. And so it's a place you can go visit. Um, and they do tours of course, and like still have the pieces up and the call. Like I would love to go there. Yeah. Uh, I saw some, uh, video of that, of like people actually going there and taking pictures with like the amphitheater and like certain streets and stuff like that. But, uh, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's an interesting story. It's one I've heard about a lot, or at least it's like been like an, a known thing, mm-hmm. but I didn't know about it. <laughs> right. You know, you just know in general terms what it is. So to actually hear the the step-by-step of what happened and how it happened is interesting. Yeah, and um, to hear the science behind um, how the people got to be there where they were in that stasis. And what kind of actual danger was there. Yeah. Like not just, lo- like I said, not just lava happening, but... You know, um, the kinds of gases, the therm, like all these different ways that humans are susceptible to death. <laughs> yeah. And then and, it was an instant that yeah. those waves came at different times, like 30 minutes later, an hour later. Yeah. It was a process. It sounded like over hours. Yes. And so, so it wasn't immediate like death for everybody, but it was obviously a very bad situation. And if they had acted immediately, a lot of more people could have lived. I wonder if that's how Atlantis went. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think so? <laughs> no, I just I I the process of the process of something that big taking place and taking that many people with it um it, it sounds instantaneous when you talk about it so going through it always um is a eye opener but yeah. Um, 
Also, they're doing um, scans on the bodies of the people that they found. Mm-hmm. And the, literally the ash is so thick that up until now, any technology that we use, like you could not tell the difference between the ash and the bone in the inside. So there was no way to like, because they were wanting to see through the actual, like see the actual yeah. skeleton inside. Yeah. Uh, but I think they're just now doing it now, which is very interesting. Um, they're also doing forensics on like rebuilding faces. They can do that with technology now by adding the mus- muscular structure artificially to like to skulls and stuff. Huh. So you get a roundabout idea of what someone looked like so they can like recreate that person. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it weird? But how, how much of that is just computer programming? Well, it's, it's science, right? It's based on the skull. So like your skull is different than mine. Yeah. And so normal muscles that you go, every human has this job muscle right but no here. No one would really know, you know, what do you mean? If they're wrong, if they're, if they're, calculations of this is what how the muscles would go well not that but more so how the skin in the face would look okay yeah there's some details there's some details that you can't (laughs) understand or get right i hey i i can't bash it i had no but facial structure for sure they'd be able to get like our facial structure because the only way those muscles would fit on our head would make the shape of our face. We know what, Jacob. We don't have to worry about that for we ourselves don't. because we have selfies. That's right, and we're we're gonna be put in. You know, we're gonna be frozen. You know, put in ice. I think. So our, don't worry about our it. time. Our timelines, which is gonna be our social programming, our social programs, our photos, anything that's online, and when we're gone in however many years, is gonna be a new thing. They're gonna turn it into a you know a sl- movie slideshow a scroll bar for your grandkids to go through your, your life. whole life yeah yeah why I mean, not I, i've seen a black mirror episode on the <laughs> ai thing which that that could happen too taking what? all my i haven't board. seen that episode oh well there's a black mirror episode um spoiler alert basically they take you can it, it's like in the future mm-hmm. it can take all your videos you can upload all say say um a friend i don't bob the third died mm-hmm. t- tomorrow and i had all of these videos and photos of them right um you would upload all those files into this ai this is what mm-hmm. the and then it would recreate the ai uh robot based on the photos the videos and it would have be able to talk to them and be able to be sentient you know because it's whatever oh my ai gosh, technology that's crazy but it would you know but then you could almost it would have all the memories that were input it would have all of those memories that would it's mannerisms you know, yeah, how it, how it yeah. speaks, how yeah. it, how it inflections, whatever. Wow, um, that's so creepy. That's gonna happen though. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Wow, I you know I haven't even gone that far in my mind. I was just thinking, oh wow, think of like them being able to like throw a, a holographic tablet of, ah. of of like here's your grandpa. Now read back when he was ten, all the way till he was. Oh, <laughs> you know you, what I mean? You like, do that too. every single tweet. Roll through, find out what your grandpa was thinking. What kind of crazy shit was he posting? Oh, definitely the the. Not twenty three and me. What's the other one? Um, the ancestry. Ancestry dot com. Mm-hmm. If if they become, not become. If they want to stay with the times, their upgrading mod. Their you know new new mode is going to be collecting data from all these socials of people now for mm-hmm. the next generation. If they want to become a company that wants to <laughs> be the forefront, that's for, crazy. You know, every new grandkid but that wants to look up us. It definitely makes things a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, like as far as finding your family members i mean obviously there are different 
Um, I mean, how much of abstracting? it is a good thing? You know. Okay, I don't know about well, how much is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to get into the morality of it because obviously there is definitely some gray areas and some things I don't some agree with. Some people are gonna just be going, "Why did he only post from this angle? Why did he only take photos of his food?" Are you, are you telling me that we're not gonna have like holograms like Tupac, everybody, just at their tombstone that pops up? You know, um, probably. Like, that's but, what I'm but saying. But it'll be augmented reality. I think the first step will be augmented reality. You I almost so? Yeah, because there's not going to be enough space, like physical space in the world. What's going to be the next thing is... Give you're it 100 gonna years, be imp- Jeffrey. Yeah, well, I'm saying you're going to be implemented with the, the, the system through augmented reality. I think that makes the most sense in my mind. Mm. Where everyone can have a customized experience for ads, which is going to be insane <laughs> For your dead dumb. loved ones. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Just what you need. Where you'll be connected individually in the same space as you are well, we're in the same space but we're seeing two different things through augmented reality that makes the most sense to me mm. of like oh that would be the best way to do it <laughs> it'd be very cool that like they do that for all famous people yeah but like the fact that they could like recreate skeletons and stuff like that they could basically get what he looks like right yeah. like they couldn't like say like what color was his hair we could probably be brought back in history i think the more we like we're doing now i think mm-hmm. the new th- again 200 years maybe if oh, yeah. technology keeps rising there's no great it's exponential fall off, at this point which there might be a fall off who knows the city you know fall of rome happened fall of western civilization you waiting for happen. ours i think coronavirus yeah. it no but i think it's, it's the plague a, was wasn't that for it's rome not in it. some way no no but they were like you said i think they were markers check marks of mm. This is how sensitive, this is how weak, this is how uh, popped the balloon. You know what I mean? Yeah. This didn't pop the full balloon, but this made a scratch where, oh, one more little we're crack in the glass air. and we're going to, yeah. you know, we could fall through the bottom of this um, hole. So mm-hmm. I think that's mm. out there. So I'm I'm trepidatious. <laughs> okay. That's a good I'm, word. I'm optimistic, maybe. That's another I'm good word. I'm actually not optimistic, to be honest with you. I'm a bit of a pessimist when it comes to outlook on... Really? I, th- I am an opt. I am the opposite way, man. You think everything's going to be no, just no, no, fine. No, no, no. I don't. I don't <laughs> think so. I think we there is definitely going to be some major life-altering things, but I do believe in the will of people in general. I'm not saying that history hasn't shown us that, like, the strongest fall, but I do believe that, like, the inherent good, like, I don't know. I, I'm such an optimist when it comes to that as far as, like, as technology grows, I think we'll start to get more in control. There's always going to be ignorance in the world. There's always going to be things to stomp out. Um, but I do believe, just like we are now, like as much as it se- 2020 seems terrible in the timeline of humans we're living in the best time for a human to be alive like it we just are i'm with you but what i'm i'm maybe more speaking to is the um the i think i agree to a point of its adaptability so so when it comes to like mm-hmm. me being a pessimist i'm saying i don't think the way we live now is going to hold up no no no, so, no. we have so, to change but I think people don't and won't. Well, there, and so I think the adaptability will come from necessity, not not from like a willingness to change. One hundred percent. It's going like, to come from oh, if we don't do this, I'm going to die, and it's a present moment thing. I think then it will happen. Well, I think changes. If anything, twenty twenty has proved to me ah. So there's still the the change of like willing to change through not quite seeing the end result in mm-hmm. front of you. Right? Is is very hard to get a lot of people to agree on. And so I think 
change and adaptability will come from necessity of the present moment. So that could be when it's collapsed. That could be when it's collapsing will change. And so well, who sure. knows what it will look well, like. That's, well, that's human history. That's everybody's history. Like, it's the same thing. When small things get introduced, Jeffrey, in my lifetime, there was a time as a kid where internet was not a thing. Internet being introduced has changed everything, right? Humans, some humans adapted to it. Some people um, thrived in it, and some people got left behind. It's going to be the same throughout all of history. The people that are that resistant to change and aren't willing to adapt and to a new world, a new environment, and new things happening and progressing, then they're going to be left behind, and there's only going to be the people that progress towards that goal. Well, the survivability, that's what I'm talking about. I think I'm pessimistic in the... um, Exponential we just got growth. into a more. I love how this has just turned into a moral. <laughs> it's it's uh, our discussion, podcast, but hey, we can, talk we can do whatever, whatever the hell we want. <laughs> exactly. I just, I just, I have difficulties thinking that a mass majority of people are going to keep living exponentially long and keep producing so little that is renewable. I just feel like mm-hmm. it's not going to happen at this kind of growth that we're going to either get stunted and then have to shift or we're going to lose a lot of sh- stuff or people and things are going to shift. I just don't think personally at this very, I know nothing. Listen, I know nothing. I this think, is just a personal outlook on what yeah. I can see. I think it, it, we're heading towards a wall or a door. And if we're not okay. building the door, I don't think that it's going to happen. But there are willingly. examples of things that how even 2020 is the best year for humanity yet. I'm not saying it's not good. I'm saying change <laughs> is not going to happen. Sure. Without destruction first. And right. so pressure has always been a move for change. Things being introduced. You're such life altering things. It just it just has. <laughs> But, like, look, there's uh, people right. here. Listen, you're There's right. people still here. You're right. I just think it's going to come from doom that we will <laughs> shift into a better mode because our current mode, because we're so comfortable and soft, yeah. we're not going to shift. It makes us vulnerable to that. Yeah, we're not going to shift without doom of some sort, mm. well, in my personal opinion. And I know nothing. I know nothing at all. This is just a personal view. But I was just, I was just listening to a podcast about this as well where they were talking about how, like, the literacy rate has never been higher in the entire world. Like even, even from like 20 years ago, like it's jumped almost like 10%, I believe. God, I'm trying to remember the exact things. There's so many about with our current world. And it's so easy to get wrapped because the world tells you, right. It's easy to get wrapped in the negative things. A thousand percent. I'm not trying to be like, you have to be positive all the time, but um, there are plenty of terrible things in the world that have, you know, things have been terrible all throughout human history. But I just believe in the small glint of hope that, like, that doom will come for us. It will. It's inevitable. I think that's going to be for humans as a human race. Though. I think the balloon popper will affect and hurt a lot of people. And so that's what I'm, I'm waiting for. Not, it may not happen in my lifetime. I'm not waiting for it. I think sure. I just expect it. I mean, I do expect at some point for that to happen. I don't. I'm not naive enough to think that, you know, there's nothing we can't progress through that. Like there are going to be a big unstoppable force that does eventually stop us. But I do An believe asteroid because we're not spending money on figuring out how to, you know, explode it's them possible. before they get here. You it's know, possible. Knows? But it's also just as possible for a small group to evolve past a point that even you can't even see right now. 
I think it's towards like I said, that. I believe and in towards us. a future that you're like, whoa, if that didn't happen, if we didn't change right there, if a small group of people didn't survive that change and move us into that direction, humanity would not be here. But that's been the entirety that we've been here on this earth. Well, I'm I'm with there. I just think that small group could be all that's left. Do you know what I sure. mean? Sure. I think I think I, I'm possible. maybe more settled in that idea. But <laughs> that's possible. It's possible. I, again, I know I'm not trying to. I just like jump how back we're like uh, we are anyway. on the same page, just different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I we are, we yeah. are, and I think I think uh, the, it's just how you get there. Maybe. Yeah, I like but, the discussion though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, good it's discussion. interesting. We're it kind of relates to Pompeii because again, the ultimate destruction of a certain like that on a bigger scale, right? Sure. And uh, I just there's some things you just can't control, and yeah, yeah. But we will try. All right. Well, that, <laughs> we was a try. Good, that was a good conversation. Yeah. Either way, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Thank you, Jacob, for That's right. um, putting it together. No problem. Um, be on the lookout for new stuff, Casual X History Online. That's right. Um, Can't wait for you to see all the stuff that we're making. Um, yeah. Behind the scenes, it's going to be really cool to have uh, launch out. Hopefully, we can figure it if out soon. If you made it this far, uh, <laughs> send us a tweet. Yeah. Or an Instagram comment or a Facebook message because maybe, just maybe, we'll send you something early. Maybe. Maybe, maybe we maybe could we make it share a piece of content early with someone who wants Ooh. to actually listen. <laughs> <laughs> so you see that, like, That's your prerequisite. That you have growing, to, like, you have to want to listen. Listen. Just, uh, just listen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That'll work. But anyways, follow us on all of our... Uh, socials if you want to keep up with all the new stuff that's happening with us and all the new episodes dropping or even little extras that we're going to post about each uh, casual episode casual history episode yeah so uh, thank you Jeffrey for being here and thank you guys for listening it was a pleasure Jake oh you're welcome very welcome all right see you next time all right bye